The Joy Unleashed show empowers and inspires women to reclaim their joy. We provide tools, resources, and connections to help you unlock your true potential through engaging conversations, expert insights, and transformative stories. We create a vibrant and inclusive community where women can break free from the limitations that hold them back. I'm joyologist Colleen Greco, and it is my honor to be your host. Let's get right into the show. If you feel like you're stuck, if you feel like you don't quite know your purpose, or maybe you know it, but you just can't find the path toward it. If you're uncomfortable in your own skin and want to finally master self-love, then we need to talk. I'm Colleen Greco, and I'm your joyologist. I help women just like you to reclaim the joy they feel is missing in their life through mindset coaching and nutrition coaching. Whether you have weight to lose or simply need to get your gut in check, I've got you. We'll work together to retire limiting beliefs. Those are the stories that are keeping you from your purpose. I need you to hear me. Those are the stories that we need to get rid of in order to get you on your path to your purpose. We will work together to get you that life you've always dreamed of. It would be my honor to connect with you. Reach out to me via Instagram at the Colleen Greco or email Colleen at ColleenGreco.com. Let's get you back to the show. Welcome back to another edition of Joy Unleashed. I'm your joyologist and host, Colleen Greco. And today I'm so excited to have Beth Shaha be on the show. And without further ado, we will bring her in. Hey, Beth, how are you today? How are you? Good to see you. And who does not love someone that shows up in my brand? I am like loving the pink right now and feeling like we should have called each other. (laughs) Yeah, I love it. I have no idea. I think it's cool uh, how the universe works like that. (laughs) (laughs) Well, so I have I have two boys and a husband and my two dogs are boys. Oh, oh, lots of boys around. Yeah, the whole point around the color is I'm and my office is blue. Why? I don't know. But I have so much blue and gray and black in my life that I was like, when if I'm doing this and it's all about joy, it is in my favorite color. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> good for you. I'm proud of you for channeling it, knowing it, doing it. Yeah, That's all the yeah. brand strategists out there don't care what you think, it's staying. <laughs> yeah. yeah, right. Good stuff. Well, so I'm so glad to have you here today and really, um, for those listening and viewing, because it's a TV show and a podcast, I would just love for you to have um, to provide us a brief introduction about who you are and all about the Grounded Canary. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. Uh, so thanks for having me. My name is Beth Shehe, and I am a master life coach and wayfinder. And um, I have been lucky enough uh, over the last few years to really sink into what this business and this space that I'm in means. Um, it's uh, for me, it is a journey and it's super cool that I get to come alongside other people and hear their stories. Uh, I am a storyteller. I believe in the power of stories and I think we all have a story and we need to be heard and seen and that story held. And so that takes all kinds of people. It takes the people that are willing to hold the story, but it takes the courage of people that are willing to tell it. And so as I am working with um, individuals one-on-one, working in groups and retreats, whatever I'm doing, I try really hard to kind of honor that story, Um, the vulnerability, the honesty, the history of what comes with everybody, each individual person. 
and um, the excitement and the growth and the potential for where they want to go. And so to me, I get to just kind of um, plop in and be uh, kind of get a glimpse of where they are now and uh, and kind of look back a little but look forward to what they want more of. And so um, it's been uh, a, a true blessing to me. Um, you asked about the Grounded Canary, you know, years ago, I was invited to speak locally here. I live in State College, Pennsylvania, and I, uh, there was an event called the State of the Story. And uh, they, they had a theme and they do this monthly. And the theme um, was something they thought I could speak to. So they called and said, hey, do you want to talk? It's about loss. And I said, well, I'm, I'm actually pretty lucky. I've racked my brain. I haven't had a, experienced a lot of loss in my life. You know, and they said, well, okay, but have you had to pivot? Have you had to, you know, move forward in a different way? And I said, well, yeah, I've had to launch here and there. And as I started to talk, I realized, holy cow, I, my entire life has been a series of relaunching. I check in with myself. I see where I am, where I want to be. Oh, I need to pivot. Oh, I need to make some change. I need to. So in that way, my relaunching was literally allowing myself to lose old ways and embark on new ways. And so I was able to use that to kind of get into the theme of this. And so um, in telling my story and creating it, I realized I have a job to do on this earth and I'm excited about it. So I told the story about being in a gypsy community in Apollina, Romania. And I happened to be in a hut of one of the gypsies, one of the older gypsies. She was wise. She was by herself. She was sitting in a chair and she was bent over, um, kind of, you couldn't even really see her. You could see a little bit of white hair wrapped in her babushka. The, the walls, it was maybe like an eight by 10 space. And it was literally created out of whatever these gypsies could find to create um, a structure around them. There was a barrel in the corner that she used for heat and she used for cooking um, and with fire. And she also had a one single light uh, that had a bare light bulb on it that she could use um, to be able to see. So there was very little in this hut, but she had asked if we would come to see her. So as we were getting to know her, um, we were talking through a translator and she was talking about the light that she is and the light that she feels from within and how important it is to continue to shine no matter how difficult circumstances can sometimes be. And what I didn't love about that moment is that we were all these um, people from America sitting there thinking, oh, we're here to serve. What can we do? We're all standing above looking down on this sweet little Irene. And I was like, this isn't working for me. So I literally got on the ground up underneath her, looked into her eyes and held her hands. And I finally saw her eyes were icy blue. She was beautiful. She had so many wrinkles. In her, that she looked like she was maybe in her 80s. And here she was much, she was maybe in her 40s, but life had done that to her, right? Her back, her wrinkles, everything. And I just looked up in her eyes. And then as a translator was telling me her story, I realized that she and I are two canaries in a coal mine. And we are here to sense toxins in the world. We are here to see poison. We are here to see um, where people are hurting. And we are here to help them sing help them be free of that, help them clear. And I literally thought, I am you and you are me. And I was just in that moment right then and there. So as I'm telling this story at State of the Story, I said, I know I have a calling to help people find toxins, help them find what's limiting them and help them go forward in a way that makes them sing. So month later, 
I started my training as a life coach. <laughs> so that's a long answer. But again, as I said, I'm a storyteller. So there's my story. And that's where the Grounded Canary came from. No, uh, I wasn't saying cut, right? We were good. <laughs> I was loving it. It was and born right there on the, the literal ground, uh, the dirt floor of Irene's uh, hut. And uh, her spirit is within me. And uh, that that really, um, to me, is my inspiration, is to, is to be able to, um, I feel honored to be able to do that with people. What a beautiful story. And I'm just wondering how many dry eyes you had during the state of the story. Uh, <laughs> well, yeah, it's You're sort of like, you know. <laughs> yeah, it's interesting. You know, it's, uh, those are beautiful moments. Again, it was eight of us. We were all telling a different story. And there were all kinds of things, loss of spouses, loss of jobs, loss of image, loss of life, all kinds of things. And so each one, it's just a perspective. It's just like mm -hmm. you, it's just like me. It's one person in the world that's trying to figure out how to get by with peace and hope and love, right? Like that that's what these stories are about. And so, um, you know, I, I, I felt grateful to be a part of it. I love it. Well, thank you for sharing that because that yeah. is a beautiful story and one I'm sure I will never forget. Um, but it's true, you know, as you are going through life, at least for me, I felt that so much of what I was doing was just what I was supposed to do, right? Mm -hmm. I, had, I had gone to school, I got my MBA, I got married, I had kids, I was, you know, a workaholic and all the things. And my job was to bring in as much money as possible so that my kids could have whatever they wanted or needed, not to a point where they were spoiled, but you know what I mean, where, right, where right. they were taken care of. Um, and, uh, and, and maybe didn't have to do as much as, you know, I had to do when I was younger and we could focus. Mm -hmm. Right. But for, for me anyway, it took a trauma to really wake me up because I firmly believe the universe sends you signals all day long and yeah. you're choosing whether or not you want to hear them or see them. In my case, I need to really be hit over the head, unfortunately. <laughs> and, um, and, and that's what happened. It was, you know, through that trauma that I realized my calling and that's what led me to where I am today. I get the question all the time and I'm guests on other people's show, you know, how do you go from IT marketing and being like a, a senior leader at a company to a joyologist? Like, t tell me yeah. how that works, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it's like, no, it's that cast iron skillet being hit over the head, um, that, you know, cause you to wake up. And so I love that you shared that because I can completely relate. I don't have, you know, I can see the little Romanian lady. Yeah. Um, I might've, I might've taken that story at one point, <laughs> but um, so tell us a little bit about like, what brings you joy? What are the things in your life that really light you up? Yeah, you know, um, it's interesting. I uh, would have called myself an extrovert for many, many years, and I do love being with people. But as I'm starting to grow wiser and I'm starting to kind of look within, I'm starting to realize what joy means to me um, from an in internal perspective. And so, yes, I love a big concert and I love floating down the river with friends and I love all the things that extroverts love, right? Like I love all that energy. But I'm finding that when I'm in my quiet, when I'm in my peace, when I'm in a present moment, that there's just as much joy. It's just a different kind. 
And so I've been kind of dabbling lately with um, meditation, with um, doing a bit of journaling, with doing art to music, um, things that are, you know, allowing me kind of to feel a little bit more outside the box. Um, mm-hmm. I, I, my journey, my journey of really trying to like get excited and get creative and new and interesting ways took me to improv. And that of course is a very extroverted thing, but, uh, for me, it was internal. It was a, a moment where I had to say, stop controlling the conversation, stop controlling what might come here, like be in that moment. And if you ever had to be present, it's during improv, you have to accept fully what's going on and be able to act upon it very quickly in response. Right. Yeah. So, so what I realized through improv is that there's a lot of, there was a lot going on in me that I needed to kind of figure out for, uh, you know, am I, am I at peace and am I joyful internally? And so, um, I would say, you know, I, as I said, I mentioned a few things, but I love all the extrovert things that I used to love. I also love, um, a quiet moment. I love, um, good conversation. I love making a meal, uh, for people and having them in my house. Um, I love a feeling state of freedom. And when I think of joy, I think of kind of glitter coming out of my neck where everywhere I go. Uh, I'm a very visual person. So um, if it feels like glitter coming out of my neck, I do it more often. Right me up. Feels, yeah, if it doesn't, I'm like, yeah, I don't want to do that anymore. I just have a different filter that allows me to seek and find joy differently than before where I might have thought it should be or thought that that was the only way, right? But I've, I've kind of been able to redefine it. And, and it's opened up my world for all kinds of other ways. So pretty cool. Yeah. Oh, definitely. And I think with the more like experience you have, you have, yeah. you know, changes in perspective that certainly helps. But I really firmly believe joy can be found in the smallest of moments, no matter what you're going through. So yeah. in the midst of that trauma, I was still able to see the beauty and the greatness in the world. Was it a beautiful moment for me? No, I I definitely would have traded that for like, I don't know, laying on the beach and, you know, (laughs) having having a cabana boy come by and fill up my water glass, that would have been better. But, But what it does is it allows you to kind of like see the world through a different lens. And I think that's, that's amazing. And that's kind of what you're getting at. But yeah. I want to dive into improv for a little bit because I did I did a little bit. I've always been curious about improv. Um, towards the end of my corporate career, we did this um, team building exercise and my new boss at the time decided that like that would be a fun activity for the group since nobody really knew each other. Uh-huh. You know, a lot of new people and a completely distributed workforce, which was not new for many of us, but she put us in an improv scenario, brought a trainer in, and we had to do all kinds of little skits. And I definitely thought I was going to die, but I found that one of the most, like, one of the coolest parts of it was learning about energy and my ability to connect with other people's energy and feed off of people's energy. So had I been, had I been paired with anybody else, I I probably would have died a very silent death, right? Like slow and awful. But because he was who he was, we were just feeding off of each other Mm -hmm. like magic. And it was just like, my cheeks hurt so bad. I don't think I've ever laughed so hard in my life. So give us an idea of like, why do that? What did you learn from it? Like, you know, I'm just being selfish right now. It's my show. I want to know more. (laughs) 
Well, you know, it's interesting. I decided I wanted to be on stage and that was just something I decided. I don't know. It was probably um, 2019. And I was like, I, I love to perform. I love to sing. I want to do something. A friend encouraged me. There's a, auditions for Murder Mystery. And I, I was like, oh, yeah, I, I'm going to just try it. I'm going to go audition. And I got a role and I played it. And then I was like, oh, I'm going to feed that. I like this feeling. I want to do it. And it wasn't it was less about out there. It was more about feeding this creativity in here. So mm -hmm. then improv 101 came up and I was like, OK, I'm going to sign up. I go in the room. I have no idea what's happening. Get in the circle of people. And we're starting very basic things like, um, you know, I have an umbrella and I'm going to pass it to you. And then you're going to pass it around the rest of the circle and everyone gets to decide what they want to do with the umbrella. We will not talk on the count of three, one, two, three, clap, pass the umbrella. Nobody says anything, but what you decide to do with it, like the first person might go, pass it along. The next person might go, <laughs> and then, and you know, you pass it around. So then you start looking and then by the middle, you're like, wow, there's not a lot of options left to do with an umbrella. What are you going to do? Well, all of a sudden somebody might jump over it. Somebody might throw it, right? Whatever. It doesn't matter. The point is you start letting go of what is, and you start letting go of, of what's in your head of what it looks like to have an umbrella, to use an umbrella, what an umbrella is for. And you start to think of other things that you could possibly do with it. You know, even somebody laid out on a beach and then put the umbrella and he was like, you know, shading himself. Right. So I think what improv I started to do when I did level one, it was kind of like I'm starting to see how this is all about opening yourself up to possibility. Mm -hmm. Right. And I was like, this is interesting. Took level two. Level two was more about, OK, you have an idea. I need to support that idea. So no longer is it about just me. It's about I'm excited to come alongside and partner with you. Level three is how we're going to tell a story, right? Level four is how we're going to create the scene. So I did. I just kept going, Colleen. <laughs> it's like, I want to know it all. Now, what's interesting for me is I found that I would often play characters that are so different than me. I don't know why I was led that way. And sometimes I took improv very seriously. I even took it dark. I took it in places that felt like, you know, improv, when you think of it, you think of comedy. And although it can be very funny and the whole thing can feel funny, I felt more freedom as I was starting to explore other places in me. And I started to see I was tapping some places in me that I kind of needed to express and, and kind of live out a little and feel what that felt like. No harm, no foul. And that was interesting for me because I'm a pretty light, cheerful, positive person. So sometimes I would I'd be the only one in the class that would take it serious. <laughs> and but that's just kind of what came. Right. So I think that's the thing about improv. You open yourself up to possibility. You allow whatever comes to mind to go and you go with it. So it's a really beautiful way to try out something and imagine something and let it be. But it's not really truth, you know, so it's kind of fun. It's like wearing a wig for the day and seeing what happens. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I love it. And so I, I just imagine there are parallels to your life coaching business, right? There 100%. must have been some learnings that you then yeah. were able to apply. Tell us about 100%. that. Yeah. I mean, I think the biggest one that I use improv for is the dreaming and scheming. I love to, um, I'll play a game with somebody and I'll say, okay, so, um, you know, where's a, what's a statement that we can say? And then, um, you know, she'll say something or somebody will say something like, um, yeah, I've been able to carve out what Friday afternoon is to me and I can I now have more time on Friday and then I will say yes. And you have choice for what you want to do. 
And then they will respond, yes, and I might vary it up. And I say, yes, and I might consider buying a couple little supplies or things so you have it the ready, depending on what you feel. Yes, and I saw there's a coupon at Michael's. Yes, and um, might be interesting to invite somebody else into the equation every once in a Friday. Yeah, interesting. Yes, and I have a friend, Susan, that you know she, she and I have been talking about blah, blah, blah. Yes, and, right? The point is, we're building. We're building. Yes. And, and you can do that in real practical sense like that. Like, what am I going to do with my Friday that's more um, life-giving and gives me you know, joy in the end of my week? Or it could even be in dreaming. So I'll use it with clients that are like, um, you know, I, I decided this job isn't for me anymore. Yes. And now I have choice. Yes. And I'm excited to explore. Yes. And I've really thought a lot about opening a gallery. Yes. And is that, you know, and we'll, we'll like expand ideas way beyond what they've ever thought of because we're kind of bantering back and forth in possibility. And so I encourage people to kind of do that when they're dreaming, when they're scheming, when they, they kind of are stuck in here and it gets them just beyond. It's like a wildly improbable goal, a wig, right? Like it's so, it's a little bit beyond what you think you can reach, but it's enough to kind of get you inspired and motivated for what could be. And so I use the improv a lot in that. I also use improv a lot in visualization. You know, I had, I had a client talking to me about having a really hard conversation with her daughter-in-law who has pretty much written them out of her life, written her out of their life. And we went through an improv. We went through a visualization of that. And we talked it through to the point where she was comfortable with the fact that the, this was an experience she was willing to do and wanted to do. But she had to improvise what it could look like to kind of get her nervous system to be able to calm down enough to be in that and say, yeah, that I, I still am sure this is what I want to do, even though I've kind of envisioned what it could look like. Right. So again, that's that improv space. So it could be, you know, light and lively and it can be real like direct and intentional. Um, but I think improv uh, creates a little bit of the what ifs possibilities. I love that. Uh, First of all, that was one of the exercises I did with my partner uh, during this this offsite. And now my cheeks hurt because I'm just, you just took me back. Like, <laughs> yes. into that room where we were doing yes and and we just got re absolutely ridiculous with it because mm -hmm. I'm highly sarcastic and he's just about the same and so we were just like so thank you for that trip yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes but the visualization part I think is really interesting too because again it's the art of the possible it's like we just get yeah. so consumed with the day-to-day -day and you know, the responsibilities and the overscheduling and the stresses mm -hmm. and like the piles of things. And so to have somebody that can kind of help take you out of that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And say, you know, like, let's just have a little fun with this and see where this goes. I know one of my coaches is always like, hmm, fascinating. And then what? And then after I want to hit her over the head with like, could you just like get me? Do I have to do this work right now? I have so much else going on. Um, but it's great. It's great work because it causes you to, you know, kind of look at things differently, see it from a different lens. And um, I think it also helps with somebody else's perspective. What I would potentially say is yes. And might be wildly different than what you'd say. And what you said, maybe just unlocked something else for me. Exactly. So just being open exactly. to, you know, other perspectives. I was having a conversation with somebody yesterday and he's like, you know, for your business, 
I really think you should explore this. And my immediate response was, well, that wasn't my idea. Like, and it's my business. So I, the idea should come from me. And then I thought, girl, calm down. You are not the only person on this planet. Ideas yeah. can come from all sorts of places. You're supposed to capture all the ones that fit and then implement those. Mm -hmm. But, you know, you get, we talk a lot about, you know, the uh, divine feminine and the, the sacred masculine energy and corporate is so sacred masculine that it's, it's hard to shed that, you know, former training. Yeah, sure. And embrace all the, the gifts that are coming your way. And so I love when you're talking about visualization, because it's like that to me is a beautiful exercise for somebody that either isn't sure what their next um, step is, or maybe what their purpose is that, that maybe um, haven't yet found it. Absolutely. And I think what you were talking about a second ago is this concept of creative perpetual response, that I am going to be willing to take an idea in, or I'm going to be willing to take a suggestion somewhere, or I'm going to be able to say, what do I do to generate more of this creativity? And so when I'm kind of like, you know, in this flow I think when you when you when when somebody gives you something, you say yes and, and then I'm going to pass it along because now something else has to come with it. So I'm affirming in improv one rule is you never say no, you never stop because that stops the scene. You have to keep it going. So yes and and the more you practice it, the more quickly things come forward. So same in life when you are in perpetual creative response, I have to be so present. I can't be thinking about what I'm doing in an hour. I can't be thinking about what I'm doing in the future. I have to say, yes, and I would love some coffee with <laughs> <laughs> Yes, and I actually prefer a blue t-shirt for the dance marathon tomorrow. You know, whatever it is, you just have to let that flow go. And that flow, when we create more of that, it's almost like Imagine a river that is like all mangled up by sticks and, um, you know, like barriers within it, stones and trash and grass. And it's all kind of like this. Right. The moment that there's a little bit of a break in that, it creates more force. So same when we have creativity and we give a little more creativity to something, it more it creates more. And all of a sudden the water gets more momentum and it can flow because the energy is going in that direction. That's yes. what improv does. So when we're feeling stuck, like something in our river is totally blocking, creativity says, mm -mm, let's try and weasel our way in and boom, we're going to open up with that creativity and it opens up so many possibilities. Okay. So I'm going to write down, I should really actually sign up for that improv class. <laughs> It puts people out of their, it takes you out of your box, out of your comfort zone sometimes. It also, if you're willing to dig deep enough to see how it impacts you and see the parallels like we just talked about, it really does help to unlock a lot of things within your own life. And then you yes. see life differently. It's fun. Yes, I completely agree with that. And years ago, I would have said H to the no, I will never do it. Uh, but this year is the year of possibilities. Last year was the year of yes. So I do think, you know, I'm picking my possibilities uh, very carefully, but I know that's been one that I've just like, plus I just think it would be fun. My kids are at the right ages. My life is at the right stage, right? Like this would be a good time for me to do it. So thank you for yeah. <laughs> having me. Uh, yeah. So as you're working with clients, what does your ideal client, you know, look like? Um, where, where do they tend to find you? You know, what does working with you generally, what, what does an engagement tend to look like? Um, well, let's see. So 
a long time ago, I decided that I wasn't going to listen to what everybody said and I wasn't going to niche out. Uh, you know, a lot of folks will say, what's your niche? What's your thing? Who's your people? What you talking with? What's your topic? What's, you know, and I just said, you know, I believe that there are some tenets to what I do when I work with people and come alongside. And those tenets are kind of my niche. I believe in um, that everyone has an essential self, a North Star. They have a place in which there's a fixed point that is home for them. And it's my job to help them find the way back to that, right? Clear clouds so that they can find back who they are and who they're intended to be. Um, I believe in the mind-body uh, connection and the importance of how much our body is a truth teller. And it tells us ways to go. Literally, it helps align to that North Star and that essential self to really be a compass to kind of go forward. Um, I also believe in curious compassion. I do a lot with IFS, internal family systems, um, which is kind of part work. Well, I have a part of me that says I should go take that job. And I have a part of me that says there is no way I'm ready for that level, of, you know, in of professionalism, whatever. So part work can be really, really interesting to help people unlock parts of them that are holding them back from past traumas or crises or just experiences in life. But when we get curious about those parts, we offer them love and compassion and say, tell me more. Help me understand why you're here. Tell me, understand what you're doing and what your purpose is. And how can I help you alleviate that from my big S self, my big educated Y self? How can I tell you here I am at 50 and I'm actually in a very different space than I was at 16. Let me help you unburden, right? So I work with clients a lot um, in taking limiting beliefs and parts of them that are kind of holding tight and very anxious, judgmental, um, depressed, um, hiding. I help them kind of uncover that, but I encourage this compassion and creativity that says, I'm not going to judge myself for where I'm at. I'm going to get curious and say, isn't that interesting? Mm -hmm. Isn't that interesting? So I look for clients that are, that are, that are interested in that kind of um, thing. Like, you know, do they want to really get clear? Do they want to um, unlock? Do they want to get unstuck? Do they want you know, sometimes people wake up and they're thinking, gosh, I don't even know how I got to this space. My life is not at all what I intend. And so how do I help them clear away and get in alignment and integrity with who they are so that they can start making choices that are based on that? So I have those kind of tenets for what it looks like. And I figure you could be talking to me about dealing with um, emptiness syndrome. You could be talking to me about disassociation. You could be talking to me about how you just want to not manage your time better. All yeah. of my tenants kind of go towards those and they help literally a person just kind of become more who they are and, and find their truth. And so I don't really, like I said, I don't niche out because I feel like it's applicable no matter who you are, where you are. And I can have, I have clients that are in their teens and I, my oldest one is 72. Um, and, uh, so I don't have a demographic. I just look for people that are wanting to have me come alongside, walk along with them and uh, help them to kind of unlock um, their way. So does that answer yeah. your question? <laughs> it does. Yeah. No, I mean, there are definitely people that take the vertical approach and some take the horizontal approach. Yep. So I think You're that's right. really helpful <laughs> to, to hear. Um, well, as we begin to wrap up, I just first want to share your Instagram to encourage folks to give you a follow. So yeah, um, that'll you. also be in the show notes as well, but I'll <laughs> leave that up. Um, any parting words or, um, you know, 
final stories you want to tell before we wrap? Mm, not really. I mean, you know, I, as I said, I like to do things one-on-one -on -one with folks. I, I work with groups. I think it's really interesting to let people learn from each other in real life moments of sharing and vulnerability. And I, you know, I believe in the power of retreats for that reason. Again, that shared story is so important. Um, I do have a Canary Collective uh, where it's a group of people that come together. It's online, but we do a lot of um, monthly discussions and we pick a topic each month, um, such as curious compassion or grace or um, joy uh, was for the month of December, um, the power of the present. And we just pick a topic and we sink in and, and I share uh, tools and ways in which they can have a little bit more of that in their life and ways that they can tap into it. But we also share stories in this community so that we have the support and encouragement of one another and a perspective. Um, so, you know, I, I kind of like wherever somebody wants to be caught, I welcome them into my nest. And, uh, you know, that's kind of who I am and where I am. So find me if you want to know more, you want to chat, all of that. Um, I'm more than happy to kind of just be in space with you. So the marketing person in me is loving all the little, the simple little, like your nest, right? Um, like, <laughs> I am, I'm silent, not so silently geeking out. So thank you for that. Um, <laughs> but I really want to just impress upon the, um, the listeners and the viewers that the work that you're doing is so important, right? You, we are all, and there's a vast majority of people that actually don't believe this, but we are on this earth for a very finite period of time. I tell my clients days. Now you might have 3000 days but you might have three days and either way, like there is no, there, there's nothing telling us how long we have. And so to take that first step, while that can be the hardest step, do it, right? There's nobody that's going to deliver the opportunity to you. So you have to go out and get it. And sometimes you need the guidance of someone like you, Beth, which is amazing to help you sort of unpack those limiting beliefs. I deal with that in my practice all the time around mm -hmm. nutrition coaching. Mm -hmm. And, you know, just encouraging people to just, just pay attention to that childlike curiosity that says, I don't think this is for me. You don't have to know what it is. You just have to know you're not in the right place. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And I always say to everybody, um, where you are is a great, great place to start because we also often, often, then we'll feel overwhelmed and lost and have no idea what's happening. And that's okay. That's actually a really beautiful place because that means you're, you're coming into awareness to even recognize you have no idea what's happening. Yeah. And so where you are right now is a great place to start. And if we just do a little bit at a time to move the needle, you're going to be going in the right direction of your true north. And you're going in the direction that's going to feed you most. And peace is your home but we just need to move the needle a little at a time. And eventually, just like that, you know, dam in the, in the river, it's going to open up and overflow and that energy and that health and that harmony is going to win. And that's what we all want more of in our life. Amen to that. <laughs> Thank you for being on today. I really appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely. I wish you joy. I wish that you continue to do amazing things. Uh, I, I love that I was able to be a part of this. And um, I wish that you know that you're loved. Um, and all, for all <laughs> listeners out there, my mantra is be love. That's I have it on my license plate. I have it on all over my house. Be love uh, as you get out in the world because the world needs more of everything you got to give.
Yes, you have that right. I say all the time, love is the answer to literally everything. It is the answer. Indeed. Indeed. Well, that was another episode of Joy Unleashed. Be sure to subscribe to my YouTube channel so you never miss an episode. Thank you for tuning in to Joy Unleashed. As always, it's my honor to be your host and joyologist, Colleen Greco. Follow me at the Colleen Greco on Instagram for daily motivation and inspiration. And don't forget to leave my show a review on Apple Podcasts. Until next time, sisters.